Hi, I'm Dan Higginson, and welcome to the 24th episode of the Idle Hand Society podcast, where we hope to discuss and learn more about effective creative process. If podcasting was Olympic sport, Paul would take the gold. I'm joined today by Paul Bentz. Borada. What's Borada mean? Work it out. Is, is that what it means? Is that actually yeah. what it means? It means work, work it, it out. out. It means work it out. We're also joined today by artist Seppi Demir. I've definitely said that wrong. I'm very sorry. Uh, that was that was quite right, actually. Seppi Demir. I will nail this by the end of the episode. There might just be a supercut of me trying to say your name at the end. <laughs> <laughs> perfect, perfect. How do we find you this evening? You've been to the pub, haven't you? Uh, yeah, yeah, but I've I've been keeping it easy. Just some homemade iced teas. Long Island iced teas. No, no, just, no, no. <laughs> sadly not, sadly not. No, just um, the local homemade iced teas. Oh, that's very sensible. Yeah, they were they were super tasty as well. So I, I've got a real soft spot for iced tea. Mm. Paul, you're a big tea drinker, aren't you? I love tea. I love mint tea. I love Earl Grey. I love Builders. I love all tea, really. Tea, tea makes the world go round, right? Seppi, do they have Builders tea in Belgium? Uh, I'm gonna be <clears throat> I'm gonna be completely honest. Uh, That's not something you've ever heard of before, is it? I, no, I have. So no in idea England, right? They have people are so obsessed with black tea, just standard black tea, that there is a separate strength of black tea that the builders, you know, like construction workers, mm-hmm. it's what they drink, and they literally just call it builders tea. Oh. It's just really, really strong black tea. Oh wow, that's oh, interesting. Love a black tea. Tell us a little bit about you, Sebi. What part of the world are you from? And um, give us a little bit of your history about, you know, where it all began for you. I'd be interested to hear. Right. Um, So I currently live in Ghent in Belgium. Um, And yeah, um, you know, I I don't want to go off into like some sappy rant about... uh, it all started the day I was born or when I was a... Born with a paintbrush in your hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, however, it did start quite early. I always enjoyed drawing, uh, just uh, basically just, just squiggling around with anything. Um, when we used to go to restaurants, they always gave us like crayons and I would just like scribble away on 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 the tablecloth um it was either either that or playing with little toy cars <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah you know i mean i i didn't actively pursue it um for some time though um do you remember when I, the first time you like when you drew something or you painted something or do you remember the first one you did where you looked at it and thought actually this is pretty good I do actually, yeah. Um, so I, I used to go to the school where we had to like um, basically make our own uh, books. That's kind of how you could say it, right, I guess. Right. Um, like binding but, books. But not really binding. Like we we'd start off with like an, an empty um, an empty booklet, right? And so we, we got taught and then we had to write stuff down and we had to, um, supplement that with drawings. Um, and I remember it always was a tedious thing because although I enjoyed the drawing, 
it was always something like, ah, damn, this has got to be finished because we got grades on that as well and blah, blah, blah. Um, so it was always kind of like a mixed thing. But then when I went to high school, um, we had like proper like drawing classes and, and stuff like that. Um, and I have this very distinct memory of me <clears throat> very foolishly breaking my right wrist, you know, which is... Uh, You're right-handed, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's my dominant hand. Um, and we had this drawing class and um, we had to paint that day and we had to paint a skull from life. And everyone in my class was like, oh, you're so lucky. Your, your hands in the plaster or in the cast, whatever. Um, so you can basically sit out these two hours. And I was like, yeah, but I really want to do this though, because I just, I just feel like doing it. So I painted the entire thing with my left hand and granted it looked horrible, but <laughs> I had so much fun <laughs> doing it. Um, and like just that particular, um, what's the word dedication almost to like the inspiration from, from the skull or yeah. And just, just that urge of like, no, but I, I really want to do that because I really enjoy this. That kind of wiggled something loose inside of me. Um, and that was the first time you sort of did something that you were just like, holy shit, I could keep doing this. That was like the spark for you, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then it kind of all went to shit because I, <laughs> because I <laughs> got into like graffiti and stuff like that. And for a few years, I just basically drew like letters and, and stuff like that. Um, but always with like this painterly interest in, in the back of my head. Um, <clears throat> I guess, you know, it was just being a teenager, really. Just being like, oh my God, graffiti is so cool. Oof. You know? <laughs> I mean, graffiti is pretty cool, right? It still is. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I remember like making a very conscious decision, like, okay, I'm going to stop doing graffiti to focus more on painting. Um, and that was around the time that I transferred to like an academy where I finished the rest of my high school. Um and yeah, um, from the moment I went to school there, I was like, you know, okay, if I graduate here, I want to go study painting. And luckily my parents, <clears throat> my parents were always very supportive of that. Um, they also told me a couple of times, like, you know, it's, it's good that you want to do that. Sure. Fine. But there's a whole bunch of other options as well. Have you at least, you know, considered those? And like other academic options <clears throat> or other, other yeah. creative options or what? Um, creative and academic. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> for a while I was thinking about like studying um, like literature or uh, um, philosophy, stuff like that. But really, at the end of the day, the only thing that I could like keep doing um, that didn't end up being like some kind of phase or a fad was painting. So it was always like this gut feeling, almost like I just sort I, of never left. Yeah, I just I just knew it, and I didn't really second guess it. 
Um, I'm seeing a lot of parallels between you and Alex Wilby. Like, he started with graffiti as well, and I spy out of, like, just off to your, I guess, in your left shoulder, there's, like, this giant Euro rack uh, uh, synthesizer. And, and, like, we were nerding out about Euro rack synthesizers as well when when we spoke to Alex. Oh, okay. So, like, you two do genuinely seem like sort of kindred spirits. It's it's really interesting, actually, to hear to hear you say about how you came from that kind of street art style and then sort of moved back into painting. Yeah, we... So, uh, I think you could say that we do share those sensibilities, but with Alex, he... Um, he lived it more, you know, like he was, he, I think like he, for example, he was older than I was when he was doing all that stuff. And, and, you know, right. he was in London and, and really living in that like atmosphere and, and, uh, zeitgeist almost where with me, it was more like, <clears throat> I was just, I was just trying things out. Um, but, so, I mean, I, I think it sparked different things for us um, that kind of ended up in in the same way or in a, in a very similar fashion. Do you live in um, a city or, or like a town or? Um, I currently, currently live in a city, um, which I prefer because I have lived years and years in like a very small town. Um, out like between the fields and uh somewhere in flanders uh is that where you grew up um partly yeah i i i grew up partly there and partly in like uh like a cul-de-sac somewhere uh somewhere uh how should i say this um I was like at, at the edge of a bit of a larger town, right. but it wasn't really city, you know. Are, you, are your family creative, Seppi? Do you come from a creative family? <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> not at all, which is so weird. Um, no, I mean, my dad's into music, but that's, that's really it. Um, both my parents come draw or paint or make music or anything <laughs> so they were like where where exactly is all of this coming from um, yeah with, with, I, I grew up in a really small town in rural south wales and it was you know they were the only thing that you could really do was go outside go for walks climb trees and mm-hmm. as you got into those teenage years you know you had to be really careful not to cause too much trouble <laughs> right <laughs> stay, stay on the right side of the law try to anyway um and I think uh, I was going to, I suppose the question is, do you think the creativity came out of the boredom of not having anything to do or, or am I jumping down the wrong path with that? Um, I don't really know, actually. Um, I don't think I was ever that conscious about it, about like what really enticed me to, uh, to start doing that. It was just, I mean, you know, every kid draws, every kid plays around and, and maybe plays an instrument or something because, you know, they have to go to 
Like, you know, yeah, but you know, when school. when you were in school as well, there was always somebody who was good at drawing, or there was always somebody who was good at music, or there was always somebody who was good at sport, right? There was always somebody. Were you the kid who was good at art? Were you were you naturally? Do you think good? I suppose is the question. Um, <laughs> were, you, were, were you the good kid at art? <laughs> that's that's difficult to say for myself. I mean. I like to think I was. That means you was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, if you don't know, if you don't know, you was. <laughs> I, I think I was at least one of the few ones that was like genuinely interested in it, um, and and genuinely wanted to learn more about it. You know, um, I I remember like from a young age going to museums, for example. And, you know, it, it's like one of those things, you know, parents, they take their kids to the zoo, to a museum, to God knows where, because it's just what you do with your children, right? Right. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. I, I think they noticed that I was very, uh, very open to, like, receiving these artistic stimuli. Um I remember at a very young age going with my dad to like a, a huge uh, concert uh, by U2 uh, here in Belgium. And I mean, I must have been like eight or nine or something. And I was just standing on the seats, jumping, singing along the entire concert. Um, so my dad knew like, okay, something about these things. It's fascinating him, right? Um, and yeah, I don't know. I I think going to that school where all of that, like, it was almost crafty, you know? And I think being in that environment really stimulated all of these tendencies. And because I was in that environment five days a week, I didn't really second guess any of it. Because we had to make drawings, because we had to bake fucking bread, because we had to, um, like do knit work and <laughs> all that, all that <laughs> shit. Um, so oh, knit, knit work. Are you, can you, can you make me a jumper? Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's definitely something that I have kept up since then. <laughs> Socks as well. Socks and the jumper. It's going to be cold soon. Yeah. <laughs> I actually did make socks. Um, did you? Yeah, like arm warmers and stuff, like, or like leg warmers, stuff like that. Um, it was. You, you got a raving still, do you? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I just wear all those things. <laughs> there's all those. Um, there's a few people, isn't there? Street artists that will knit things to go around trees and stuff. Have you seen this? Oh yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very fascinating. Uh, it's absolutely incredible because they must actually knit that. I'm guessing they do most of it at home, but then they must do the last few bits to like stitch up the tree or the bike rack or whatever it is that the, I've seen them do it to benches and stuff. Have you seen this, Paul? They'll basically make a jumper for a bench or something. Well, is, people have got too much time, haven't they? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, surely every creative has got too much time on their hands. Like we wow. were talking about this the other day, weren't we? That it's really bizarre that as an animal we we do this isn't that really weird like that we, we, what that, that we create stuff why why do we do it why why, why do we do it 
You never see why? a dolphin like drawing something on the. Yeah, why do you create, Seppi? What's what's the thing that drives you? <laughs> like, what's behind the, the, the need to create? Um, that's a deep question, <laughs> right there. When I think about this, um, like, okay, so so first of all, it still is something that can either give me a lot of like joy, but it can also really tear me down at the same time. Because when I've had a few bad days in the studio, I literally can't sleep because of that. And I just keep thinking like, oh my God, why isn't this working? What do I have to do? I keep In those moments, I keep comparing myself to like other artists and I'm like, oh man, I just, I'm still so far away from all of that good stuff. Um, but I think, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's just at the risk of sounding a bit like sappy, I think it probably is like one of the only things that makes sense to do. I like know? that. That's a really it's, great answer. It is. It is. It is. I think you're right. It make it feels right, right? It feels... You, there's, there's no kind of reason or rhyme for it, but it feels right. It feels like when you do it and when you think about it, sometimes you're right, you feel you hate yourself for it and you think yours, your art is the worst in the world. But other times, it, it, I, for me, I think it, it, it forces me to think. I think, it, and, and, and maybe that's probably the greatest thing, isn't it, Dan? Just that, that thinking, just even... The work doesn't have to be great, even if you're thinking about the work and thinking about why you're creating the work. Uh, you know, why are we here on this bloody planet? You know, what, I mean, it's weird if you think about it. It's just so weird. Even our existence is weird, right? It's just, you know, we're spinning on a rock 360,000 miles an hour in a solar system with billions of other planets, and we're the only thing that exists. It just feels, doesn't feel real. <laughs> it is very surreal. Yeah, that's quite a leap into <laughs> <laughs> into the absurdities of existence. <laughs> we but, do this. We do this like pretty much every other week, Seppi. Like, it, and then it just jumps between this and UFOs like you wouldn't believe. Um, oh, amazing, amazing. <laughs> yeah, we're we're a funny little animal, aren't we? Like when you really think about it, where we're sat here with our sticks with hair on it like pushing oil into a canvas for fuck knows what reason like we all just do the most bizarre stuff but it's mm -hmm. bloody fascinating like i don't know the more you look at it and the more absurd you think everything in life is the more you just think well fuck it like this is actually a really cool thing to be doing with my time do we do we think we're alone yeah. boys do you know do we do we think there's another you know another world where there's children eating candy floss and you know, do we think, like, it just feels so weird that we, we are alone. Statistically, I think it's impossible that we're alone, right? Yeah, I think, I mean, there there has to be, right? Doesn't it? Doesn't it have to be, right? Yeah. I, uh, I, like, honestly, I, I mean, you know, not to say that life on another planet can't be, like, 100% different and completely, like, fucked up weird from our perspective. Right, right. But to think that we're the only one, the only ones, sorry, to 
have 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 like a conscience and and like just build things and and do things and inspect things and you know invent shit i mean that is just ludicrous yeah it's weird when you when you actually say it it just feels so weird and it feels you- <laughs> yeah it's it, it's almost like it's it's incredibly selfish to think that yeah yeah and yeah like to, i'm to so fucking like, important yeah like we're the, the fucking highlight we're we're the peak of the entire universe. I mean, <laughs> that takes some balls to say, I think. <laughs> well, you know, thanks, guys. <laughs> no need to, I believe there are other, like, animals existing in other planets or whatever. I also believe there are probably other realms. Kind of like octaves. Are, yeah, like octaves above and below us. And just things existing in different dimensions that we like can even... Right. Like, if you think about, you can move in three dimensions, right? You can go backwards, you can go forwards, you can go up, down, left, right. But there must be stuff out there that can go in and out of, like... FaceTime. Right. But there must be stuff that can go in and out of that stuff. There's probably other things below us that can only go backwards, forwards, left and right, like they live on a paper universe or something. Like, there'll be all sorts of weird shit that you couldn't possibly comprehend. The more Mm. you look at quantum physics the more batshit crazy the world looks and the less like magic things actually feel. (laughs) It's it's really bizarre. No, that's, that's definitely true. That reminds me of this one episode of Futurama. I don't know if you ever seen that show Um, where they go like into the second dimension. um, And you know, it's, like everything's flat, you know, and they call it like flat land and it's a display on, on, or it's like this, um, this, this call back to something else. It's called flat land or something. I, I don't quite remember. Um, but like, just, just think of how easily we can create something that is two dimensional and something that's, that's one dimensional as well. So why, wouldn't there be a possibility that something or someone or whatever you want to call it in a fourth dimension can turn something into like a third dimension like we can do in two dimensions. I'm probably not making yeah, sense man. right now. But <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. It's, it is batshit crazy, isn't it, when you think about it? Do you believe when you paint something that you can kind of imbue... Not like a life into the painting, not like the painting is alive, but like you can almost, you're like changing reality, right? There's mm. there's this one painting that we can see off to your right shoulder that nobody else can see, but it, it's something recent that I think you posted to Instagram. And I think it was one of the reasons that I reached out to you in the first place, because I really fucking love that picture. And it's a guy, um, it looks like he's at a cafe or something. He's got the blue glasses, but you can see he's got, two arms, two left arms. And it's kind of like reality twisted. Is, is that something that you're intentionally doing when you're painting or is that just? I am. Yeah. Um, so mostly like my aim or my intent with like repetition or, um, uh, multiplying limbs or something, uh, it comes from, from a few places, right? So first of all, I'm trying to instill like a certain sense of movement into an otherwise 
uh, still or stagnant image. Um, but for me, like, how do I say this? So I'm a person that's very sensitive and very attentive to like certain atmospheres and, and certain energies and stuff like that. Um, which is by the way, also why I think there's definitely other stuff out there, you know, um, if it's different dimensions or different like spheres or, or layers. Right. Reality is deeper than we can Can see. Can can I dig, can I dig Mm -hmm. into that? Like this, this idea of being, you say you're really sensitive, what what, insensitive in what capacity in terms of, in, in how you feel people or how, how we, when you enter a room, you know, you can sense different things from different people. I'm just curious of sensitive in what sort of capacity. Um, so I guess I'm, I'm sensitive to like, um, yes, certain like atmospheres or, or feelings or like different, different sensibilities to, for example, a certain room, you know, mm-hmm. like I can, I can enter a room and like feel this very weird, almost like nostalgic melancholy or something. Um, even though like nothing really strange is to be seen in, in that room, but it's just, yeah, some things just give me like this very, acute feeling um and it's something that yeah i'm i'm very susceptible to i think Um, do you think that's something you're trying to capture in your art in a way it is yeah because when when i look at a certain image when i look at a certain reference when something intrigues me it makes me feel a certain thing and it goes deeper than just like, oh, this makes me feel happy or, oh, this makes me feel sad, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what I'm trying to do is this very, yeah, this very strange feeling. It's, it's very hard to put into words what exactly that feeling is, but it's just something that is like just, just pushing a bit, you know, and just making me feel just a little bit uneasy um which you know it it's not something that's always uh like it, it, it's not always a bad feeling you know it's really um, interesting to me that me and paul have had this conversation now with a with a few different photographers and a few different artists and in fact i think all of you guys from Kenya, we've had this same conversation but what i see in your portraits is is people that are in that other place, you know, like you can mm. see they're kind of deep in somewhere. Like it's not necessarily like they're in their own thoughts, but they're just kind of, they look completely right. at ease, not necessarily right. at ease. Like they're not it's, uncomfortable, but do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's hard to explain. There's a presence, isn't there? It's presence. I think there's, there's, I, I, I think there's, um, I, I mean, I feel like there's a reality, a realness to your work. There's, um, 
even though like sometimes you've got multiple limbs, it feels it doesn't feel like you. I mean, when you first look at the image, I didn't notice the multiple limb. I'm going to be really honest. And then when I notice it again, I thought, wow, you know, it did mm-hmm. that. So you, sometimes you don't even notice it, and it does that magical thing of you, you've got to have multiple looks before it come and slaps you in the face, and you're wow, yeah, that is amazing. Because sometimes mm-hmm. your eye is just trained to notice shapes and arms and things, and you kind of. Yeah, I was. I was sorry. I, while you were speaking, I was looking back through your Instagram stream, and um, I, 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 you, you, there's definitely, you definitely have a power of uh, this, like this idea of, you know, you, you, this sensibility of you can, you can feel it in your work. It, 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 it's, and now again, you know, this thing we talk about, Dan, when we speak to the person behind the work, that the work resonates just that tiny bit more again because it's yeah. Even, like even though we only spoke a short time, I I I get you. I mean, I sorry, I'm I'm rambling on a bit. One of the other questions I was going to ask you, Seppe, is like, do you know these big questions of existentialism and where do we come from? Do you talk about this with your friends? Like, is it something that you you chat about? I'm interested as an artist, or is this just an idle hand special? <laughs> Um, no, I mean, these are topics that, I mean, they definitely interest me and I have talked about them at length in the past with, with friends. Um, it's been a while though, because, you know, COVID. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Uh, (laughs) you know, we didn't really have a, have a chance or that much of a chance to, to really hang out with my friends that much, uh, how have you found COVID? How how have you personally coped? Um, quite all right, actually. Yeah. Um, when the first lockdown started, I was still living at home with my parents. Um, you know, that was I. I graduated. Um, Blue, you can go down a bit because I think preparing is. Like the microphone is picking up her purring. She's I good. Thought, She's I good. Thought, I thought it was you, Sabe. <laughs> okay, guilty, guilty. It was me. <laughs> um, yeah, no, so so back when I was studying, my body kind of decided to quit on me a bit, basically. So um, I've been dealing with like some health issues, um, nothing too serious, you know, it's not like some insane disease or something, uh, but enough to like really like rattle me. Right. Um, and I remember like I, I started my masters and I was living in the city, the same city I'm, I'm in right now in Ghent. And, um, you know, I was just like renting a room <clears throat> like so many other students do. But by that, uh, uh, by that time, a lot of my friends had either graduated or quit college or whatever, just like moved away from the city. And I was just sitting there by myself, just kind of ebbing away <laughs> with my, like, uh, you know, my physical discomforts. They were really putting me in a very uneasy spot. And I just, I was so hyper-focused on everything that I felt. Um, and I just, I just, couldn't do it anymore. So I decided to move back home with my parents and I lived there for like three or four years. What, what should have been a couple of months ended up being (laughs) a few years. Um, so I was still living there when the first lockdown happened. And, um, 
I was, I just, I just kept painting really. I just kept working. Um, it was, it was sad that I couldn't meet, meet up with my friends anymore that much. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'll, I'll just say this. I, I didn't experience it as something very traumatic. Uh, I think it's been a mixed bag for a lot of people. I think it's yeah. been a lot of up and down. But I know personally speaking, I found it's it's been really tough in a lot of different ways. Like I've been trying to do things like outside of, you know, things that would have required things being open that, that have been really tough. But I've also mm-hmm. found a lot of peace in in kind of that, that slower pace mm-hmm. in kind of spending time with loved ones and and sort of enjoying the little things a little bit more so it's it's been up and down it's it's been really weird hasn't it paul it's just mm-hmm. been super super strange yeah it's 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 weird that it seems to be going back to normal but it seems to be more i don't know it's just i'm done with covid to be honest with you i just what it's just been like torturous just like jesus please please people <laughs> <laughs> Let's just go. I want to go to a festival, sit in a field. Well, you're free to do that now, aren't you? Right? In the cider. UK, here in the UK, we can do as we please now, right? You can go and lick someone's face if you want to. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like licking. I'm, I'm too old for licking these days. <laughs> Your licking days are behind you. <laughs> it's more, it's more cuddling than licking. <laughs> do you know what is funny? Like you were saying earlier about you being sensitive to like an atmosphere in a room. I know that I've, I, Paul, I've seen you not so much be sensitive to an atmosphere in the room, but I've seen you sort of connect with people faster than maybe most people do. Yeah. I reckon you've probably got some of that in yeah, you. Yeah, I, I, I felt, I, I think for people, me, I can go into a room and I can sense the person who's maybe had a shit day or. I don't know. That sounds weird, doesn't it? Sense the piss. But I can. I, I. I. It feels like I can read people's self subconscious in a way that I can go into a room and I feel if the energy. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but, it, but it's, also, well, I. I think you disarm people faster than most. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I've got this trick as well. So is it I just being how, really, really charming no, and no, Welsh? Is that what no, it is? So we'll try, <laughs> you can try. You can try it with me when we go out. But I can basically go into a room, and I can pretty much guess their occupation and be really accurate. So basically when we, oh. me and my wife go on holidays and we meet new people and then we'll be around the table before we meet them, I say, okay, she's a doctor. She's definitely a doctor. And, and I think it's just because I'm noticing maybe micro things. Like I've talked about this with my wife a bit, maybe just the way that, you know, they put a hand, a caring hand on a shoulder or there's something, there's some mm-hmm. guiding that, that that's pointing you in those I don't know what it is. I cannot wait to play this game with you, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's do it. Let's do it. I would be right 0% of the time. Right, absolutely. You surprise, you surprise yourself. I reckon you can... Do you I reckon? reckon you can, I reckon you can tell. I, I used to be tell. really good at guessing the type of car someone would, would drive. <laughs> the type of car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What type of car would you drive? I think you'd be in like a Ford Cortina, wouldn't you? <laughs> Me? Yeah. You've seen my car. You know, uh, it's not a Ford Cortina. I no, no. I, I but I, what car have you got? I can't remember. Oh, my God. This is, this is going it's, very it's, far it's, south, isn't it? It's a it's Volkswagen. A micro, a it's Volkswagen, a Volkswagen. Scirocco. Scirocco. Nice, mate. Yeah. Very cool. It's like Volkswagen, a little bit boring. Scirocco, a uh, little bit edgy. <laughs> 
little bit edgy. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Do you think it's, do you think it's time for the question of? Um, can you tell me one tiny thing that brings you great joy? Uh, and, and Dan, Dan, I'll let you go. Give, give, give Seppe a little bit of, um, you know, one tiny up. thing. Hang on, give me two seconds because. You always catch me unawares with this. So I literally, the other day, I sat and I wrote down, I must have 30 things on yeah. this list now. I, 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 don't want, I don't want to give you too many. Let me just, let me just, I tell you what, pick a number. Let me, nine, uh, nine, number right, nine. Number nine. Okay, let me give you number nine. Okay, number nine, chocolate M&M's. Chocolate M&M's. That's a good one. I was thinking socks. I really like a decent pair of socks. It just, just, just... <laughs> Just changes the way. I got a little bit of a bounce in my step as I'm walking around, you know. <laughs> How are you, Sapphire? Hey, have you got a little thing that brings you joy? Mm. Let me think. Who was it that really enjoyed when they hoover something up and they hear it go up the <laughs> the tube? That was Alex. Was it Alex? Uh, I can't remember. That Some... is satisfying. That yeah. is really sad. <laughs> it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something that I find really satisfying is like when I, by accident, take enough parts of something for it to match up perfectly. So for example, um, for example, I, I really enjoy some good chunky peanut butter with like this very thin, uh, plates i guess of chocolate on my bread nice and sometimes oh it's a color combination i am absolutely addicted to it and you know sometimes i'll be like okay i'm kind of like this this hungry you know so i'll take some stuff out and like the amount of bread i got the amount of chocolate that's left in the box it just matches you know the box is empty the bread is finished and like the, you've got the last scoop of peanut butter out, yeah. And then you just kind of put it together, and it's like ah, oh, it's the magic beautiful. sandwich, yeah. Or like for example, uh, I the like other that. day, I like the other day at work, we get like practically every day we get a box of uh, like orders that we placed, you know, like sunglasses and glasses and, and different different prescriptions for people and um so we have to put them away in, in these little leather pouches and i have no idea how much orders are in the box right and i just take out any amount of pouches and the other day it just it, it aligned perfectly the last order in the box that i had to put away was put in the last pouch that I had taken out beforehand. And it was such a beautiful experience. I was like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Do you ever find that people around you when you're telling your colleagues, like, look at this, look at this, it's fucking amazing. Like it's a tear, tear of joy running down your face. <laughs> and they're just like, what is wrong with this guy? <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, yeah. But then again, I, I work with a, with a very, very nice and interesting group of people. So they can, they can definitely understand it. Uh, quite a lot of them, um, do like, uh, artistic work. Right. Besides that job as well. So, you know, they're all kind of kooky. Um, 
But yeah, mostly when I when I come up with stuff like that, you're like, ah, oh, I totally get that. And I'm like, right? <laughs> <laughs> do you find, like, I don't know what other creative work these guys do. I'm guessing, is it stuff that's like not painting lots it's, of different mediums all blended yeah. together? Do you yeah, find yeah. that you guys ever talk about your creative processes and stuff and you learn from each other, even though you're not doing the same thing? Do you ever find that happens? Um sometimes yeah um i can't really say for sure yet with my colleagues because i've only been working there for like three months or something right um but that's something that i've experienced quite a bit already before uh like when i was um in college for example um i would like you know just go visit different studios and and different um, uh, shit, how do you say that? Um, different courses, right. I guess, like, uh, like the sculpture part, uh, the sculpture department or, um, okay. the graphic, graphic design department, stuff like that. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, just the way that they would talk about their work or, or just like seeing these completely different, atmospheres and, and, and these different conditions they were working in and, you know obviously the vastly differing work that they were making um it, it often gave me if anything at least like the urge to to go back to the studio as well um but i don't know i i find it very interesting to talk to people who uh, work in different mediums because they just generally have a different look on things yeah. than, than I do, you know? Um, and I think, I think that's an important thing to do as well, really. Uh, because if you only limit yourself to like, you know, conversing with people that work in the same medium as yourself, there's just a whole lot of interesting things that you don't really I totally, totally agree. Like that's basically the reason we started these chats. You know, we're two photographers, we're chatting to you now, but we've, we've spoken to a lot of different people. Like the one thing that we keep coming back to is that actually we're all doing something different, but we're kind of all, we're all trying to do the same thing. We're just trying to get something off our chest. And Mm. it's really interesting to talk to people that don't necessarily speak quite the same language as you, but the stuff they're talking about still applies. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I felt more inspired sometimes by speaking to people that don't do the same thing as me than people that do. Cause when you like, it's really easy, you know, me and Paul could wax lyrical about camera settings all day and it would bore most people to tears, but (laughs) it's really interesting when you talk to a painter and you just walk away and you think, Oh yeah, shit. Like I could do something like that. Or there's something that I can take from their work that I can apply to my own. And it's, totally unique because nobody else is really thinking that way yet mm-hmm. i don't know it feels it feels like the one thing we haven't had yet is musicians right we haven't had proper musicians and that's something i'm looking forward to do you think you you have to create every like is this this like you feel shit if you if you're not painting or if you're if you're not creating something did you feel like the world gets a bit too heavy definitely yeah um i feel guilty almost it's like yeah. For, you know, for example, I, I said earlier that, um, this past month, um, 
I worked uh, like 10 hours more per week, which, I mean, you know, it's still not like a full work week, you know, it's still only four days, but, you know, to me, that's, that's quite a lot. Um, and because of that, I've just uh, been too tired really to work or to do a lot of work. Like I've started two new paintings, but nothing much has happened yet to them. And uh, every time I go out on my balcony to smoke a cigarette, I have to walk through the studio. And every time I look at what's on the easel and I look at the stuff that's on the wall and I'm like, damn it, I really fucking should paint. I really just, <laughs> instead of coming home, making dinner, doing the dishes and then just crashing for the rest of the night, I should just kick myself in the butt and at least spend a couple of hours in the studio. But, you know, the thing is that I'm just too tired, really. You know, I come home and I'm like... It's so easy, isn't it, to slip into that kind of oh, yeah. procrastination. And I'm, I'm already, trust me when I say I'm a huge procrastinator. Like, if I can push something... Me too. And then to the future, I'm like, let's, let's do this. It's like the creative curse, isn't it? It's like the yeah. creative curse. <laughs> I think everybody suffers from it, right? It's, it's torture. It is, it is. And you look at some people, like, I don't know, just someone that all three of us know, right? You look at Bernie and you think, she's crushing it. She's doing a painting every day. She's putting work out. She's getting her head down. She treats it almost like a nine to five. It's incredible. Mm. And I, like, you speak to her and she'll say the same thing, like, oh, I wish I could do more. And I don't know, I just every time there's always someone that looks like they're doing it better than you are. Like we spoke to a guy named Josh Ed Goose recently and he's the same. Like the guy's mm. just, he's, he's so consistent and he's just out there and he's just grinding away and he's doing good work. And you just think like, I wish I had 20% of the energy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you sell your work or? Uh, I do. Yeah. Or I try to, <laughs> <laughs> I'll put it like that. Um, yeah, I, I sell I sell a decent amount. Um, it's been a bit it's been a bit up in like the, the first part of like the pandemic. Uh, the past few months, it's been a bit slower. Slower. Uh, I also haven't got much work uh, lately. Um, I I do still have a few commissions that I keep pushing in front of me (laughs) (laughs) until I can mentally deal with them. Uh, and when I can like, you know, physically take the time. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've, I've recently become, um, like officially self-employed as a secondary occupation. Um, which is exciting, but also kind of scary because I'm like, shit, now I've got to, uh, I've got to start paying like taxes, taxes and like social, uh, social contributions to 
state. Yeah, right. so no, it, it's, um, it's a funny, it's a funny thing, isn't it? Because when you're just when you're just doing stuff for friends and it's just a laugh and you're just giving things away and it's kind of like maybe they give you something, you give them something. It's a bit of a trade type deal. Mm -hmm. Like it's all really easy to deal with. And for the second, yeah. Sorry, go on. It reminds me of a quote. It says that you can usually accomplish more by giving something your full effort for a few years rather than giving it a lukewarm effort for 50 years. Pick a priority for this season of your life and do it to the best of your ability. So you kind of, you know, like when, when the iron is hot, you just yeah, go, I like that. you know, it's true, isn't it? It is. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah, it's true. I think sometimes you just need to sort of, you know, you just need to, to grind away and treat it almost like a nine to five. You just, sometimes I feel like you just need to treat it like work. And if you put yourself in a position where that's the only option, you know, like you've shut everything else down, all you've got is your canvas and your paintbrush and whatever, like that's it, that. Like I'm doing this, or I'm going to sit in silence. Like it's amazing how quick stuff pours out of you. Mm. Yeah. No, I mean, I I 100% agree with that. Um, I think part of why my pace has been slowed down uh, the past few months is, um, like, first of all, uh, just moving house. Like, I mean, I've only been living here since like the start of January this year. Um, so I like, you know, I, uh, built, decorated, uh, my studio. And even though like when that was done, I was like, okay, you know, I can start painting here now. I can start like working properly, even though it's quite a small space. Mm. Um, it was still like a, a different kind of was still like a different energy, a different, different vibe from what I was used to. You know, I used to paint in my bedroom in my parents' house, which was basically just a full blown studio with a bed in it. Right. Um, you know, complete with layers and layers of like crusty paint on the walls and like splatters and, and stuff. Um, so, in those first few months, um, kind of had to get used to like this new environment. Um, but at the same time, I was also like applying for jobs and stuff like that because, you know, um, I really can't and don't expect my girlfriend to pay for my part of the rent and my part, like for, for, food for both of us and just right, right. have her pay for all the costs. You're, you're trying you know? to balance life and the art in one yeah, game. Yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. Um, it's, it's tough. Yeah, so I, I think, like, since I've only been working uh, at that new job for, like, you know, three months, um, at first I was like, okay, you know, this will just take a while to like kind of settle in and find like a good balance between the two. But as it turns out, finding that balance has been... That's tricky. Quite, yeah, it's been very tricky. <laughs> yes. So I, I think it's just a matter of time to like... Because to be honest, like a whole bunch of other stuff comes into play, like sleeping patterns and, and um, 
like living patterns and, and, and doing grown-up shit, you know, cooking, cleaning, yeah, uh, yeah, grocery shopping, you know, that's all stuff that, you know, we have to do now, obviously. Um, so I think it's just something that knowing myself will take quite a while, but eventually kind of start evening out again. So if we fast forward the clock then, let's say 10 years. What right. do you reckon the future holds for you? What What do you reckon you're doing in 10 years' time? <sighs> Damien Hurst 2.0. <laughs> no, 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 fuck no. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know, actually. I think, I hope, uh, like a nice little house, something that we don't have to rent, um, something where I can have like a proper space to work. Um, and really just enough time to work and a good amount of energy. What I do you think, think your work looks like in 10 years time? What's, uh, what's changed? Mm. Let's take it as a given that like your technical ability has gone up. I don't see how it could go up. It's already ridiculously good, but let's just assume <laughs> that it's got better somehow. Right. What, what, what do you reckon? What do you reckon's in that new work that isn't in today's work? I think there'd be more energy, less restraint, more freedom in, you know, how I build up a painting, mm. how I put down the paint, just in, in paint, paint handling in general. Probably some kind of shift in the visual language as well. Which shifts? No idea. But I think things will definitely change. Um, because right now I still do very much feel that I'm still searching quite a bit, you know. You do. I go through periods where I'm like, oh my God, I have seven different references and I want to paint them all right now, all at once. And I want them to be bang on fire paintings, right? And then I go through periods where I'm like, Jesus Christ, I have like <laughs> gigabytes upon gigabytes of reference material. And all of it looks absolutely horrible. It's all shit. None of this interests me. I don't want to paint any of this crap. Start reaching out to us photographers. We've got, we've got a little bit of reference material and maybe it's not quite so shit. Who knows? It's probably more shit. But <laughs> oh, I, I <laughs> give us know. a shout. I don't know. I mean, I, I, look, I, 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 tell you, I tell you, right. I, I, I look forward to seeing this like more kinetic version, this more sharpened, polished, focused version of, of your work. Because I, I mean, I like what I see already, and I, I can only imagine that it's going to look better in 10 years' time. So I, I do look forward to going on that journey with you. Yeah, don't give up, Seppe. It's amazing your work. Keep going, man. It's really beautiful. Yeah, man. You've got to keep your head down. Yeah, yeah, don't give up. Just, just you know, when you when you want to come home and the dishes are in the sink and the missus is tired and she wants you to make supper, say, tonight, babe, no, I'm going to do a little bit of painting, you know? And then you say, <laughs> Paul, Paul Bentz told me to tell you that. <laughs> I'm going to smoke a cigarette and then I'm going to do a bit of painting. <laughs> yeah. Put your, put your foot down. <laughs> sounds about right, yeah. <laughs> 
I think no, that's a really but, nice place to move over to our shout outs. What do you reckon, Paul? Yeah, okay, that's a really good idea. I got a good one this week. You've got Ooh. a good one. Ooh. Let's let Sepe go first and he can he can do a shout out and then maybe we'll we'll jump onto you afterwards, Paul. How's that sound? Fine, mate, fine, yeah. Wait, sorry, I was gonna Yeah, I was I was just like about to construct a sentence and I was like, wait, this is gonna go horribly wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> this English isn't your first language, right? No, it isn't. No, mate, my, I tell you, and your English is pretty much better than mine. So, you, oh, <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> you're you're doing good, man. I'm always impressed every time we speak to somebody that speaks English as a second language. They always seem to be grammatically better than than those both bloody, those bloody Europeans. <laughs> good with their languages, eh? bloody foreigners. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. By the way, neither of us voted leave. Like yeah, we, we didn't. We we, didn't. We, we, we we I got. I'm blue on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we both good, voted good. to stay in Europe. Dan, why don't we go and get an EU tattoo? That would be good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Honestly, in my area, like I live in one of those areas, I definitely did vote to leave. I, I'm one of the few progressives here. There's a lot of mouth breathing. Knuckle dragon, cretinous wankers that live around me. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I don't I mean, think I, I'd last long. I can, I can basically say that I've got a tattoo that could link to you guys to the show because I've got some hands. Oh, show me, me, show so. me. Oh, nice. Oh, wow! Look at that. That's cool. from a from a drawing from uh, Sheila. Yeah. Yeah, I've got some hands as well, but mine, mine is a Twin Peaks reference. Uh, I, 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 can't, um, I can't show you. I got some hands too. <laughs> Sorry, boys. Paul, Paul's doing jazz hands for everybody listening along at home. I've Sorry, mate. Bra- I've never been brave enough to have a tattoo. It just hurt too much. Sorry. I'm going to take you down to get a tattoo, Paul. What, what do you want fine. tattooed? It, it, it's, it's honestly... It, it, it's not that really bad, is it? It doesn't hurt that much. No. Like, there's, like, there's a I've, first... I've got, I've got stuff all over me, you know, it's, wow. it's good. It's all good. It's more uncomfortable than painful, right? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little it's, bit like sitting in a wooden garden chair for a two hour conversation. Okay. okay. <laughs> it's yeah, no more uncomfortable than that. It, there's a weird moment where you get your first tattoo and they start and you're like, fuck me, this is really strange. But I tell you what, it's weirder. It's not so much the fact that you're being like drilled with a little needle. needle. The, the weirdest thing is the fact that this thing's just vibrating on your arm really hard. Like, that's more bizarre than the needle. Okay. Seppi, yeah. sorry. sorry we yeah, anyway, we've pulled right, right <laughs> off the track now. <laughs> yeah, so um, I'd like to shout out someone that is um, close to me, someone that has meant a lot to me and to my fellow collective members of the 404, um, and that is Hilary Butterworth. Um, she currently lives in Detroit, but very, very soon she will be moving all the way down to Margate. Oh, that's yes. down the road from me. Ah, yeah, there you go. She's, uh, yeah, same town as Wilby. Nice. Yeah. Oh, that's super interesting. Okay, I, did you say it was a Helen, Helen Butterworth? Hillary. Hillary, Hil- Hil- Hillary Butterworth. Sorry, yeah. Hillary. Okay, um, 
we'll be reaching out to you soon, Hillary, and maybe we'll be popping down to Margate because me and Paul are doing a little trip to Margate at some point soon, aren't we? We are, mate. We are. So, so maybe. Shall I go go next, Dan? Shall I go next? That's that's a good shout as well, by the way, mate. I'm going to check out her work right now. Yeah, go on, mate. Nice. I'm going to do a little piece of music this week. And um, it's, it's basically a song called Presence featuring Little Dragon. And it's a remix, basically. Um, and it's uh, just a great tune to, you know, motivate yourself early in the morning, put it on, have a little dance, you know, put your pants on, take them off. What's put the end? You know, I'm going to ask. What kind of music are we talking? Uh, it's a it? bit. It's a bit electronic, I suppose. If I was going to, it's a bit like Jamesy Blake along those sort of. Is that my cat? My cat. I got a three-legged cat called Pine. <gasps> oh my god! I thought it was Sefe's cat. I saw Sefe's cat appear in a frame. I thought I, I can't work say, out who's. Say hi, Parker. Parker. Can you see my cat? Mm. No, my, my cat is currently. Nibbling on my finger. You've both just got cats <sighs> running around. Paul, like you've got like sixteen cats and eighteen dogs and four hundred kids, and you've got like dog. a menagerie, <laughs> a cat, <laughs> dog, and four fish. You've actually got four fish as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> two cappies and two platies. Do you know what? my grandmother had loads of fish, and they just keep mating, and she's just got more and more. Every time I go there, the the fish tank just looks more and more full. It's like, you've got to get rid of somebody's fish. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Right, I'm properly draggers. Yeah, I don't know on, why I on. do this every single week, Paul. I know, you Dan, need to keep on. control. I, I know I'm meant Sorry. to be one of the hosts, but <laughs> you're meant to be in charge. You're meant to be... What, what, what are you going to do? You're going to do book? You're going to do music? You're going to do film? What's, what's done? Um, I'm going to call out a photographer. I don't, I don't normally shout out photographers, do I? Uh, Gustavo Minas. Oh. So... Gustavo, I've been following along with his work for a little while, and it's just, I, I think he's, um, I think he's part of, I was going to say he's part of Magnum, I, I think I'm making that up, but he could be, his work's really fucking good. He might, he might like a Magnum. Might. <laughs> 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 do you get Magnums no. in Belgium? <laughs> yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah, they're good, right, uh, I like a Magnum. <laughs> The white one, though, not the chocolate one. I'm not an animal. It's got to be the white one or fuck yes. off. Like, that's I like it. The, I like the caramel one. Right. I'm telling you now, if they just stop all of them tomorrow, I don't give a shit. White magnums. In fact, that's another little thing that brings me joy, white magnums. Mm. Yeah. Have you ever had, like, the white magnums with, like, tiny, tiny broken pieces of, like, almonds in the chocolate layer? You Europeans are just yeah, fucking I, weird. Sicko. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we left Europe. <laughs> Thank God for that. Tiny almonds? What's going on? <laughs> my, my magnum? I'm disgusted. You can't see my face, but like, I'm, <laughs> I'm heaving a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've, I've, I've had all of them, man. Like, Tanya's forever buying me the magnums. And she'd always get the funky flavours with the caramel beneath the chocolate and all that stuff. She's like, look how exciting this is. But I just, I just want the white one. White one with the vanilla ice cream. Like, you can't fuck with it. It's perfect the way it is. It's like the choc... Do you get chocolate hobnobs in Belgium? Do you know what a hobnob is? Um, is this a, no. Is this a British thing? The chocolate knob, basically. It's like a biscuit. 
It's it's a biscuit, but it's like the best no. fucking biscuit you've ever eaten. No, <laughs> no, no, not like a literal chocolate dingus. Not a phallic symbol made in chocolate. No, 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 no. It's a, it, right. The British take biscuits more seriously than we take a lot of things in life. Like you can insult our mothers, we can leave the European Union without giving a shit. My sister, you know, maybe but. Not. But I'm telling you, like, biscuits, we, we, we'll have heated discussions about which biscuits are good, which biscuits are bad. Anyway, the chocolate hobnob, that's, uh, unanimously, pretty much everyone agrees in Britain that the chocolate hobnob is the king of the biscuit. Oh, okay. I'll just, I'll just quickly look it up because you, I'm curious now. You, you DM I'm, me I'm your, your address. I'm gonna, if you, I'm gonna if you give me your address, you. we are going to send you a packet of chocolate hobnobs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, send us your address, Sepe. Like, we'll, we'll send you some. They're magic. Okay. Oh, you'll probably get charged postage when it gets to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're not paying for postage. We're just going to put them in. <laughs> in, individually. We're not even wrapping them. We're just going to put individual biscuits in the post box. Right. <laughs> I'm going because my wife is shouting at me from the kitchen, guys. But, um, Sepe, uh, thank you really uh, so much for your time this evening, mate. I really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, it's we, been really, really good. Um, really right, I'm just going to do the, the, the standard sign-off. In fact, before I start doing a standard sign-off, Sepe, I see you've got your, your modular synth behind you. Mm-hmm. If you would send me a jam at some point in the next two weeks, I'll tack that onto the episode because I think that would be really fucking cool to hear you speak oh. and then hear you do like a modular synth jam. Yeah, Make it as long, yeah. short as you like. Do whatever you like and I'll tack okay. it onto the end of the episode. So um, we'll be back uh, in two weeks' time. I think our guest next week is Dan Baker. He's a photographer, mostly doing coastal stuff. You can follow us at Idle Hand Society on Instagram. We'll put links to everything we've spoken about today in the show notes. I don't really think we've covered that much, so hopefully the the show notes won't take us too long to write. Um, Sepe, where's the best place for people to follow you or to catch up with you? Um, That's... That would be just my Instagram page, really, which is just Sepa de Meire. Nice. Right. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll link that as well in the show notes. So, um, yeah, just, just click on notes right now and scroll through and you'll be able to find Sepe and send him a lovely DM, send him some chocolate hobnobs. Please do. Um, Please. I think that's it. Right. Thank you a lot, everybody. We'll, we'll catch you in two weeks' time. Good night. Good night. Thank you guys for having me. What is that, Paul? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Sepe. Really appreciate it.